RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Alex Price. The headlines. The Health Secretary dismisses a letter to The Lancet critical of tear gas use. The Ombudsman calls for mandatory reporting of child abuse cases. And in Canada, Justin Trudeau's Liberals look set to retain power, but with a, without a majority. The government has dismissed a letter posted in the Lancet Medical Journal that criticised its use and monitoring of tear gas. The letter from a group of Chinese university scholars questioned whether tear gas should be used in densely populated areas when minimum efforts have been made to provide health protection and cleaning up guidelines to the public. But the Secretary for Food and Health, Sophia Chan, said decontamination guidelines have been issued. The Food and Environmental Hygiene Department colleagues would clean, for example, the streets after all these mass gatherings and after the delivery of the tear gas. Secondly, some of these workers in working in the Food and Environmental Hygiene Department, they are outsourced workers. And so the Food and Environmental Hygiene Departments have already issued guidelines to these outsourced people to let them know uh, some of the guidelines in, for example, cleaning and also what are some of the protective equipment that they should be providing to their workers. Professor Chan also denied the government's mask ban at protests contradicts its public health advice in preventing the spread of disease. Meanwhile, a LegCo Bills Committee vetting the anti-mask law has got off to a rocky start as its first meeting quickly descended into arguments between lawmakers. The committee smoothly completed its first order of business, electing the DAB's Wong Ting Kwong as chairman and the New People Party's Eunice Young as his deputy. But a government presentation highlighting the violence seen in recent protests quickly drew procedural questions and protests from the pan-Democrats. The Democratic Party's Lam Chuk Ting said his camp will try to make best use of the one month they have to scrutinise the bill. We hope that we could put more questions, reasonable questions, that the government have to answer, especially whether it can help to ease the tension or just deepen the differences uh, among the community. We will try our very best to unveil the problems of the law. The acting chief executive, Matthew Jung, has tried to assure the public that justice will be done on the July the 21st attacks in Yunlong MTR station. He called for patience while the Independent Police Complaints Council investigates. Police have been accused of colluding with the attackers because they took almost 40 minutes to respond to emergency calls when a mob of men attacked bystanders at the station. Mr Jung was asked why the government hadn't visited any of the victims. We can't possibly visit everybody there, but for every single incident, as I said, we, we, we do show our concern. There's July 21st event, for example, you know, we are very, very conscious of the sentiment, of the feelings of those affected. That's why the earlier we get the IPC report out, it's the better. Separately, Mr Jung has urged Taiwan not to override justice with politics in the case of murder suspect Chan Tong Kai. Mr Chan confessed to killing his girlfriend in Taipei last year before fleeing back to Hong Kong where he was jailed for stealing her belongings. He's due for release tomorrow and has offered to surrender himself to Taiwan. But Taipei says this isn't enough and former talks are needed within a mutual legal assistance framework. Mr Jung said Taiwan is complicating matters. We are talking about somebody who's willing to surrender himself and get back to Taiwan to face trial 
and also, of course, to uh, ensure justice is done. I, I think it's common sense that we should accede and try to, to provide every facilitation on that score. I really want the Taiwan authorities to hope that they won't complicate a simple issue. And also, don't, don't, don't use, use politics, really. Do not try to exploit politics in order to really achieve a certain gain at the expense, particularly, uh, of justice. The case was used by the chief executive, Carrie Lam, to justify introducing the now-suspended extradition bill that sparked months of protest. Democratic Party lawmaker James To says Hong Kong needs to liaise with Taiwan to find a way to cooperate over the case instead of arguing. Speaking after visiting Taiwan on Sunday, Mr To said the SAR government should discuss if it can hand over evidence. If you step in the shoes of Taiwan authorities, Hong Kong police has not cooperated with them, has not delivered any evidence to them, has not informed them of your investigation. How can the Taiwan side can trust you? How can the Taiwan side can assure that if Mr. Chen will surrender to Taiwan, Taiwan court or Taiwan prosecution can have enough evidence to have a fair prosecution on Mr. Chen? You must give them the full file and evidence so that they believe that they will have enough evidence. Roundtable lawmaker Michael Tien says it's unreasonable for train services to end early when there have been no further acts of vandalism late at night. For almost three weeks, the MTR Corporation has closed stations for a few hours ahead of schedule, saying damaged facilities need repair. Services will again end at 10pm today. Yesterday, Yunlong Station was closed at 2pm because of plans for an anti-government protest there. Mr Tien, a former chairman of LegCo's Railways Subcommittee, says it's OK to close a single station to avoid conflict, but not to close down entire lines. Unless a station is totally inoperable, otherwise they can still have partial moving. You don't need all the gates opening at any station after 10, right? You can have some gates working and some not. So the idea of closing down the entire line at 10 every night, regardless of the fact that there are almost no vandalism happening in the MTR station in the evening, I think this is unreasonable. The Ombudsman has called on the government to study making it mandatory for professionals such as teachers, social workers and medical staff to report suspected child abuse cases. After conducting a direct investigation, the watchdog said reported cases rose about 20% from, 28 to, sorry, from 2008 to 2018. The Ombudsman, Winnie Jew, said many countries have enforced mandatory reporting. We note that the United Nations Committee on the Rights of the Child recommended as early as 2011 to establish mechanisms for reporting violence against children. Currently, over 70 countries, including United States, Canada, Switzerland, Australia and Japan, have already enacted laws to require mandatory reporting of suspected child abuse cases. The government should explore the feasibility of mandatory reporting of suspected child abuse cases. Early results from Canada's parliamentary elections indicate that Justin Trudeau will be returned to office as Prime Minister, but without an outright majority. With counting underway from the Atlantic to the Pacific coasts, Mr Trudeau's Liberals are ahead of their main challengers, the Conservatives, led by Andrew Scheer. The BBC's Chris Buckler is at the Liberal Party's headquarters in Montreal.
If this prediction proves accurate, these results will be seen as a big win for Justin Trudeau, who during the campaign had to fight off claims that he'd shown a lack of judgment, both in his past and in his time in office. For weeks, his Liberal Party had been polling neck and neck with the Conservatives, but they seem to have emerged on top with the most seats by a clear margin on election day. However, the Liberals appear to have lost their majority in Parliament, and that will leave them either having to form a minority government or looking for coalition partners. In the past hour, Japan's Emperor Naruhito has formally proclaimed his enthronement in front of royals and leaders from around the world, completing his ascension to the chrysanthemum throne. The ceremony was conducted largely in silence, with only drums and gongs sounding. About 2,000 guests, including the chief executive, Carrie Lam, were in attendance. When the ceremony was complete, Prime Minister Shinzo Abe cried Banzai, or Long Live the Emperor, three times. The Speaker of Britain's House of Commons, John Burko, has ruled against MPs holding a yes or no vote on the government's Brexit deal, insisting they'd already done so on Saturday. His decision followed parliamentary convention, but angered those in favour of Brexit. The Speaker made his announcement in Parliament. Today's motion is in substance the same as Saturday's motion, and the House has decided the matter. Today's circumstances are in substance the same as Saturday's circumstances. My ruling is therefore that the motion will not be debated today as it would be repetitive and disorderly to do so. The deal will now be subject to full parliamentary scrutiny, which usually takes weeks. Unless the EU grants an extension, Britain is due to leave the bloc in nine days. Facebook says it's removed four separate networks of fake accounts that it accuses of deliberately misleading people around the world. Here's the BBC's David Willis. The Russian network, which Facebook executives described as well-resourced, is thought to have been linked to a Moscow-based organization that set out to influence the outcome of the last presidential election here in 2016. Consisting of one Facebook and 50 Instagram accounts, it was responsible for posts criticizing both the major parties and experts believed was intended to heighten the sense of political polarization here in America. Four large drug companies have reached a legal settlement of 260 million US dollars with two counties in the state of Ohio over their role in the opioid addiction epidemic. The companies agreed to the payment hours before a landmark federal trial was about to begin. Armand Bienish is from Cuyahoga County, which was involved in the action. We've been suffering for years with this uh, opioid crisis. It's been devastating to the people of our communities and uh, this settlement helps us address the mitigation of the terrible damage that's been caused. Uh, there's still more to go and we're going to continue to work on it. The Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu says he's giving up efforts to put together a new coalition government after an inconclusive parliamentary election last month. A short time ago, I informed the president that I was handing back my mandate to try to form a government. Ever since I received the mandate, I acted non-stop, both openly and secretly, in order to form a wide national unity government. This is what the people want. This is also what Israel needs in the face of the security challenges, which grow bigger daily and hourly. 
In financial news, the US dollar is trading at 108.64 yen, the euro stands at 1 US dollar and 11 cents, while the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 17 cents. And a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index stood at 26,767, 42 points up on the previous close, turnover was $43 billion. And now, with the latest sports, here's Adam Jung. We start with football in the English Premier League where Sheffield United scored a famous win over Arsenal to prevent the Gunners from moving into the top three. Sheffield United's sixth corner, nil-nil here at Bramall Lane. Deeper service this time toward the back post. There it comes, it is the opening goal! Sheffield United are in front on the half-hour mark! What a moment here at Bramall Lane! Sheffield United's French forward Lise Mousset scored the only goal of the game in the first half. The victory moved them to the top half of the Premier League table. As for Arsenal, they haven't won an away match since beating Newcastle on opening day. The former Aston Villa midfielder Lee Hendry says fans are concerned about Arsenal's struggles away from home. It's the same old Arsenal that we're seeing time and time again, and you can see why the Arsenal fans get frustrated. Second half, yes, there was a bit more of an impact, which you would expect. They're 1-0 down, but you look at the defending, you look at the goal, it's just, it's time and time again we're seeing this with Arsenal, and yes, they've got bags of potential, they've got lots of good players, but they should be going to Bramall Lane and coming away with a win. Now the Champions League resumes tonight with last season's finalist Tottenham playing host to Red Star Belgrade. Spurs boss Maurizio Pochettino says they need to focus on their own weaknesses before they can get back to their best. A one-all draw with Watford at the weekend left them seventh in the Premier League. In this type of period, um, our worst opponent um, are ourselves and, and of course we need to compete not only with the Red Star if not with ourselves to try to build our confidence and, and of course to be solid and, and, and performance in the way that we, we wanted to perform. Manchester City are also at home tonight as they get ready to host the Italian side Atalanta. City boss Pep Guardiola has been telling his players they need to be more clinical in Europe. Sometimes it happens, and I said many times, last season against Chelsea arrived six times, six goals, or six shoots in target, we scored four goals. So a few weeks ago against Watford, five times, five goals, so it's happened. In our situation, they have a lot of chances, we don't score, and I think in Champions League, the teams don't have 20 chances. The dominance of the New England Patriots was on full display on NFL's Monday Night Football. The reigning Super Bowl champions shut down the New York Jets 33-0, outplaying their hosts on both ends of the field. The Patriots' blitz defense forced Sam Darnold into five turnovers. The Jets' quarterback completed just 11 of 32 pass attempts. Sonny Michel ran for three touchdowns to help the Patriots improve to a perfect seven wins out of seven games. Games. And as you look at sports. Thanks to Adam Chung there. Now, to end the news, a reminder of our top stories. The Health Secretary dismisses a letter to the Lancet critical of tear gas use. The Ombudsman calls for mandatory reporting of child abuse cases. And in Canada, Justin Trudeau's Liberals appear to have retained power, but without a majority. That's the news from RTHK. A sunny morning. The smell of freshly baked pineapple buns. The ding-ding of a tram as we head to work. Neighbors laughing. The beguiling beauty of our harbor and skyline. This wonderful city 
has been built with the love and sweat of everyone. Treasure Hong Kong, our home.
Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the 123 show this afternoon with me, Karen Coe. I'll be with you all the way through till 3 o'clock this afternoon. Thanks very much to Phil Whelan for the morning brew. And we have a busy show coming up for you today. 